you for listening to this message from the North Gate. God sent families from Iowa and Florida. And as the father of this house, I want to hear everything you have to say. We need to hear. Northgate, the next three months and the next year, we need to hear everything you have to say. Yeah, yeah, pray in the Spirit. Come on. I just feel this. Let's stand in honor. I don't want you to clap. I want you to stand in honor. Because I feel like there's a man from Florida carrying something tonight that needs to ask everyone in this house, please be seated. I don't see people or just people, but I also see nations and I see you as a nation. And if I say nations tonight, I don't want you to see dirt. I want you to see people. Yahweh can say, I'm going to send you to the nations. So let me translate what he's saying is I'm sending you to people. See, I don't see uh, Adama or red clay. I see family that have real eyeballs in a place called Benin. That's who I see. I see babies running around. I see some of the most happy children and people in a nation called Benin, not poor Africans. Not poor black Africans. <clears throat> they don't know they're poor, and I've never told them. Come on. 
They have smiles that will, they have smiles that have lit up the dark continent, which is why my son did a two hour and eight minute video called The Nation of Light. We've called it the dark continent and we were wrong. It's called The Nation of Light. Come on, come on, come on. And we dance with them and we celebrate. And they proclaim beloved identity in voodoo villages every day of the week. It's like a giant sneak attack. Because their age is 13 to 18, so nobody sees them coming. I got to get this out of my head because it keeps swirling. Thank you for saying take the time. So just bear with me. We'll see what happens. And I heard a loud voice that came from above. And it said, come up here and see. So I came up and I looked and there were 24 elders with crowns and 20 and four living creatures that were circling the throne and the 24 elders were constantly casting down their crowns and the four living creatures were singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then the same loud voice that called me up with the same thunder and crashes said, where is the one found worthy? And I looked and no one approached the one that was seated on the throne that in his right hand had the scroll with the seven seals and the writing on the inside and the outside. And I fell to my knees and I began to weep. And the same elder that had spoke to me before spoke to me again and said, get up and stop your weeping and look. And when I looked, I saw a lamb that had appeared to be slain standing in the middle of the ones that were crying out, holy. And I watched the one that appeared to be slain take out of the right hand of the one that was seated on the throne, the scroll with its seven seals with the writing on the inside and on the outside, and he was the only one that was found worthy. And then a new song erupted in heaven, and the 24 elders no longer threw down their crowns, but they threw they themselves down in front of the lamb that had been slain, and they began to worship the one. And the four living creatures begin to sing a new song. And the song went like this. Because you were slain for us. You are the one who is worthy to receive all the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise. There's a lot in that that is said where four living creatures say, because you were slain for us. 
And so doesn't matter if I'm at the South Gate or if I'm in Benin, wherever we are, I know the one that's going with me. And I know he is the one that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And this message and what we bring and what we share and what Papa Jimmy's going to bring is going to require everything to come across the blood of the Lamb. And everything that cannot cross it never was meant to. But everything that can is meant to. And the message of getting back to the blood is going to become absolutely vital. Which is why your messages that we used to bring of the old are going to begin to come alive inside of you again. And the lamb and the blood are going to begin to echo. But I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to say this before I just roll into it. Because I'm good at just rolling into it. Thank you, you too. We needed a brother and sister like you. Look at her. The Townsends needed some love joys. And some love joys needed some Townsends. Thank you. Just thank you. Love you guys dearly. Thank you for honoring my wife and my boys. Thank you. That's a big deal to me. And so I just say thank you for that. Thank you for having us. It is like I don't like um, you, you would think that me going to Benin and sharing the gospel is the world's biggest deal. But I feel the same way when I come here. It's not like it's lesser or none of that. It's like it's just as big of a deal to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's just how I see the North Gate. So you're just going to have to stink and put up with it. I don't care. Man, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like if the Holy Spirit goes ahead of you, I feel like that was you last night. Just possessed you last night. And had you share outside of your box. But I'm, I'm, I want to make an announcement to you as well. That's where you're supposed to be. That's right. Come on, that's right. And it's not a box. It's a realm that you live in. It's just been, will it be too far if I share it that way? And I'm here to tell you as a brother, I give a flip how far you go. I'll go. So let's just go. I'll I'll go. We're with you. We're with you, Ben. That's your spot. Yeah. 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 
I feel all kinds of things. Can you go grab my bag? It's in Uncle Jimmy's office. Y'all started singing. I exalt thee. And last night, we're talking, no, I don't even know what time it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. This morning, you were talking to the kids and you were talking to the moms and dads that had kids that were under the age of six and you were talking about having them in this type of an atmosphere and how important it is. I want to tell you something. In 1982, and I don't even know what this guy does anymore, so if he's done some boo-boo stuff, I don't know. I'm staying with a pure heart in this moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, I I was in Florida... And there was a massive revival that broke out. If I could come up with it, y'all would probably know what it is. But a man by the name of Phil Driscoll was singing and he was playing his trumpet. And he was singing that song. And I was, uh, in, I would have been about seven years old at that time in 82. And my dad lifted me up. I came to make an announcement to some moms and dads. Because my dad lifted me up, I have never been the same. Because a dad in a time and in a place and in a church, in a system, decided to break all the rules. I've never been the same. This wasn't a place that you do that. And so when y'all begin to sing that, and in lieu of what was talked about this morning, I feel like a little kid again. Just beginning to say, I exalt thee, man, oh my God. And it just reverberates inside of me. A lot of what we're going through is getting back to the things that we believed in when we were five years old, and some of you are going to get your capes back. Yes, sir. And if you'll just quit being so old, you'll get a cape. Things might snap and things might pop and things might ache, but you still have a cape. And it's okay for you to wear your cape. Mighty God, I hope it's in here. I don't know. Yeah, it is. So I feel like there's supposed to be another exchange between the north gate and the south gate. So I have these made in Benin by a guy. And so this is yours. This is made at a place called Weda, which is the gate of no return, which is where all the slaves had to walk through the arches before they entered the merchant ships. And this means freedom. And I want all of my brothers that are connected to have one of these. But Jimmy, this one is yours. 
because we will be bringing back sons of freedom from the birthplace of voodoo and slavery back all over the stinking world. And they're going to look at people and go, you still got issues? My great, great, great granddaddy was sold into slavery. And so the point of this is, is for you just to remember and exchange with that. Because there's sons that are there in Africa that call me pops. And they know about you as well. They know about the North Gate. They know about the South Gate. They've now met their apostle. They didn't receive him as my apostle. They knew who he was. He was introducing himself and they're like, Sir, we know who you are. (laughs) See the difference? Come on. One of the last times we were in Mobile as a family, Cookie knows what I'm about to say. He meets a couple of people because you know apostles talked about how the last slave ship came into Mobile from Benin. And so Cookie meets some people down because they were having a a time of honor for that being the last slave ship. And so there were great ancestors. And so Cookie starts sharing with these individuals and it comes to find out the captain of the last slave ship was Captain Lovejoy. We are going to redeem. I'm telling you, there is redemption coming from Mobile to this nation. Freedom is about to reign like no other. And God is connecting the pieces. And I'm telling you, I had that dream of Apostle Aaron of our inheritance right here. The inheritance of Portage County. And one of the places he took me in a dream was a third world country. And we begin to watch souls get saved and healed and delivered. And that was a key component when I find my identity and we get to that place. I know that next year when we step on the land of Benin, and I would have never been able to go to Benin if I didn't stop coaching. So I'm telling you, we are about to redeem some things. And the Lord knows, and we pray it in here all the time, God, redeem our family name. This is about to happen. This is about to take place. This is not an accident. Wow, wow, wow. So I want to share from three different places, and one place has already been shared from the South Gate, wherever that piece of paper is. That's the fast that the Southgate has been involved in. And I feel after an announcement came from the mom of the house just that just began to read Isaiah 58, here's some blueprints. And I know Big Mike could tag onto this uh, um, cosmically. <clears throat> and so this is something that's very real. I don't need this. You keep this. You hold on to this. Um, there's more. That came, that, that, that fast that Yahweh desires came from the nation of the Southgate. I want to share just for a minute. I'm just going to be me. I want to share, I want to share just for a moment um, from the nation of Benin. 
and just kind of let you know, know, know uh, hear a little bit, right? Because I know you've been praying for him and believing. And so uh, there's several things that have been going on there. But then the most recent thing was is that the president of Benin sent out a delegation to begin to go out through all Benin because he wanted to begin to figure out how to support financially or uh, structurally build buildings and do all these things, all of the orphanages that are in Benin. And the first place that they went to is this place called Powell, which <coughs> we've already planted a church in Powell, actually, too. And um, when they went to this first orphanage, uh, whenever they got there, they called the president and asked him to come. And what was happening was, is the guy that was there was he was bringing in these kids, these orphan kids, and kind of putting them in a confined space and not really doing anything for them, but taking pictures of poor black African kids and gaining from it monetarily. I'll punch that joker in the face. Okay. <clears throat> so the president came in and shut him down and put him in prison. Okay. So at the same time, they go to more, more, more. So he's shut down. I don't know at this point. The last number was like eight that he shut down in the last two months. Well, he comes to where we have Exodus House, which is not an orphanage, which is a home. He comes to Exodus House, and we've been working with the government quite well for quite some time. And he talks with Pulcherie and Jean-Marie and uh, gives us some orders. You're going to build a school. You're going to retile the entire Exodus house. You're going to re-roof everything. You're going to put up windows. You're going to put up doors. Every child's going to have a bed, a mattress, a this, a that. Boom, boom, boom. It all calculated to $45,000. We have 45 days to get it accomplished. However, I didn't come here tonight to poor mouth you. I came to tell you that the money's already come in, that the school has already been built. The beds are being put in the school right now with a mattress in every single bunk bed, with a mosquito net, and zinc is being put on the roofs, and we don't have to pass the plate. So now we'll get an official letter from the president of Benin saying, leave them alone. Oh, that's right. That's right. So now we face a possible problem. We have all these orphanages that are being shut down. Let's be clear. I can call them orphanages. But you can't call the Exodus house one. Now they're all being shut down and we're going to be one of the only ones approved with the seal of the government. So are we going to quadruple in size or stay the same? I don't know. But I know if that's what Yahweh wants, that's what he'll do. He'll do it either way. <clears throat> I get the honor and privilege of doing a Zoom meeting with 20 pastors from Benin every Thursday from about one to whatever. Come on, man. Come on. And just teach them the word, teach them beloved righteousness, teach them about who they are and tell them to go spread this message. Yeah. Spread it without asking for any forgiveness because their calling is election sure. And they do. 
and, and they do it. And they know you. They know the Northgate. They know who you are. And some of you might have, if you're one of my friends on Facebook, then you probably had some people over there, and we would say, Cotonou, it probably asked to friend you. So if you see me, Jean-Marie, or pull Cherie on it, it's okay to say yes. That's right. Right? Okay. They're, because they're just connecting. And so I just wanted to speak that very briefly because I, I didn't come to, 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 to poor mouth, missionary style, what we have going on today. Because it is not. It is not. It is not. It is way different than what you've ever seen before. It is the kingdom of heaven absolutely moving and shaking the ground of what used to be known as the birthplace of voodoo. And he's implanting hope into that entire nation, which is why they, the kids at Exodus House, decided to name it the Hope Gates. It's appropriate. And so that's the message that they bring is hope. Oh, no, we'll be the South Gate. No, you won't. You're going to be who Yahweh designed you That's to be. Right. I ain't looking for a check mark. <laughs> they came back seven days later. We're Hope Gate. You dang right, you the Hope Gate. Nation shaped just like a key. Right where it would open for the rest of the nation. Apostle starts talking about sandy suns. The Sahara sands blow through this place. When Apostle's talking about sandy suns, y'all remember? We were flying through it one day later. There's some sandy suns that are there. And there's some sandy suns that are here. That's right. You are um, as much a part of them as they are with you. And so on behalf of the Hope Gate, which I am allowed to fully speak for, on behalf of the Hope Gates and the Exodus House, we say thank you. We say thank you for your prayers. We say thank you for not giving up. We say thank you for every time you just think about us over here in Benin and you just say, let the kingdom come in Benin as it is in heaven. And so we there in Benin say thank you. And we honor back in return. There's some things that are unfolding that I never would have thought would have unfolded, but they'll unfold in the next 12 months. The word is exactly right because Pops has already began to talk to Misty and I about it. So the words were extremely accurate. And so I just say thank you to the words that were released. Crazy, crazy, crazy accurate. How's everybody doing? Okay, yeah. So Mama Misty wanted me to remind everybody, or Aunt Misty, Y'all have no idea how my heart explodes when I come here and you say that to me. It really does. I just pray that I honor you back just as much in return. 
you know? That's, it's not a cliche word for me. And it's not a cliche word for my bride. Her mother and father have gone on and she has no natural siblings. You are her family. Hey, that's right. That's right. Who is my mother and father? It's real in the Townsend household. But uh, she reminded me, we have um, for them, which we've just released out. There's more that's going to be released, but you can go to it. It's called thehopegate.com. And you can see all the sons and daughters on there. They're not pictures we ripped off the internet. This is them. And this is their stories. And this is their photos. And this is videos that are on their YouTube videos that Ethan, our oldest son, uh, did and produced and put out there. And um, if if you got time and and you're well hydrated, you can watch it. But you're you're gonna cry. And there's a part one, two, and three, and then there's the big documentary that he put out. That's in two hours and eight minutes. Grab your popcorn, some tissues, and watch because we tell some stories in there. I'd love to tell the, some of the stories right now, but I kind of want you to experience it. But I'll say this: we have a video where we burned something. And if you'll watch, you'll learn what we burned and why we burned it. And it'll shock you. (laughs) Okay? So now you're intrigued. That's called the hook. That's called the hook. We're not asking for money. We'll take it. <laughs> and I'll feed some kids and begin with it. And I'll spread the gospel with it. Not 10% of it or 90, 100 of it. And I'll probably even add a little bit to whatever you give. Yeah. <laughs> Just go watch it. You're good. Whew. Okay, I feel I feel good now. I feel like I, I just got to share briefly from from two different nations and now I want to share from a place called the Zion realm. And I believe the more that we begin to take on the identity that we begin to take in beloved righteousness, beloved identity, the more that we understand that we are the Zion realm. And so thus all the revelation that will begin to shoot out of us will come directly from the Zion realm. And so I just want to share from the place of the Zion realm. Okay. The last time I made the announcement that I was sharing from the Zion realm I didn't get in trouble. I just got beat up really stinking hard. And so here I'm back. Um, But here's what I want to do first, just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit, because this is is meant for everybody. It's going to seem singular at first, but then I'll tell you your part in all of it. So if you have your Bibles, and I certainly hope that you do, you can open it with me if, if you have 
more than just the Passion Translation. Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. It's a phenomenal chapter. And there's a story that's inside of this that I feel like we've kind of skipped over. And so that's where we're going to get. So we're going to read verses 1 through 12. I already have mine marked, and then we're going to go. I, I prepared extremely hard for this message today after eating buffalo wild wings. I took a nap. I rested. What is it, Misty? What's rest? Remember, exchange, seek, trust. Okay, so here we go. I'm just going to read to you. If you've got it, go for it. You can begin to just follow along with me. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version, New King James Version, and I believe that the, 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 the media team will have it up behind me. And David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up there the ark of God whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abimadad, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Ohio, just kidding, you know, I'm just kind of calling it something. It was appropriate. The sons of Abimadad drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abimadad, which was on the hill accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps and stringed instruments and tambourines, cisterns and cymbals. And when they came to the and when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand out on the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled then the anger of the Lord rose against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error and he died there by the ark I always envision Indiana Jones and the blue Shekinah flame that comes out of the ark and split Uzzah in half like it, like thank you for that visual presentation. Where was I? Verse 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. I'm going to tell you about the three months in just a minute. This was not my premeditated strike But what I'm about to bring is the premeditated strike of Yahweh. And I came to tell the North Gate that the Holy Spirit's got the whole thing rigged. 
And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Now it was told King David saying, now it was told King David, told to King David, I don't know why it reads like that, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. Because of the presence of Yahweh, Obed-Edom is blessed. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Stop. Let's just talk about this just for a second. Like just for a moment before I go any further at all. Tell me what you know about Abimadad. I'll tell you what I know about Abimadad. I know that the Ark of the Covenant was with Abimadad for 22 years. Listen to what I'm saying. Why was Obed-Edom blessed? We just read it in Scripture. Obed-Edom was blessed because the ark of God was in his house. Where was the ark for 22 years? At Abimadad's house. Why don't we hear anything about Abimadad's house being blessed? He had it for 22 years. When it was finally given to the prophet, the prophet took it to Abimadad's house. Remember, refused the gold rats and the golden tumors? Brought it to Abimadad. It's, it's there for over two decades. We hear nothing about it. But all of a sudden, when it's time for the ark to move, a guy named Uzzah stretches out his hand to it and touches the ark, who is one of Abimadad's Sons, here's another story of Abimadad I'll tell you a little bit about. Guess what Abimad, who Abimadad's dad was? Jesse. David did not just not get to move the ark to the city of David, but he also lost a nephew on that day. No wonder he was so angry. Yahweh, I'm trying to do what I know is right to get your presence to the city of David. I'm trying to complete two tasks. My first one is to go take the high place, Jerusalem. Get the Jebusites out of it. And my next move is to get the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem to be in the city of David. And I lose a nephew? Now, he's also upset at some priests. Because some priests should have known better. But you see, the priesthood had been forgotten because they didn't have anything to priest before. It had been with the Philistines for so long that the forgotten priesthood had been established. And I'm here to tell you, Yahweh is reestablishing the priesthood. 
It's a, it's a priesthood of beloved righteousness. It's a priesthood of the blood. <clears throat> Why didn't we ever hear about Abimadad? 22 years? Had sons become so accustomed to the ark that they thought they could touch it? And the fear of the Lord came upon Dachavid. I ain't talking about Mr. Sissy Pants. I'm talking about asked for 200 and got four. I'm talking about that guy. Wow. Abimadad's name means father of willingness. So please hear the word of the Lord. You can be willing to have the presence in your own home, but not honor it. You can be willing to open the door so the people can come into the house. But are you honoring it? You can be willing to vacuum the floors in this house, but are you honoring the presence? <clears throat> you can be willing to do things in this house as a family, but do you understand what you're in the midst of? Or have, are we becoming common in our gaze? This is a highly uncommon family. So remain highly uncommon. I know that this is the Holy Spirit who has been having me teach this message in other places to prepare me to preach it and teach it to this family. Because if I know anything about this family and all of the son's houses, honor is the thing that you are recognized for. I'm just quoting Pops. These two honor well. Even more than well. Extravagantly. Not just our apostle, but even other brothers. See, they're not taking for granted what they have. And they haven't. And thus, that is becoming and is your inheritance. Your inheritance will be a double portion of honor. I'm, I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to talk about it. I got some things. Obed-Edom. Obed, his name means servant of the blood. <laughs> so I don't care who you see right now. You can either see Obed or you can see your Papa Jimmy. David's moving the ark. 
And I need you to see perhaps the pops of this house who's remained in a place before the Lord waiting on something to explode around him. He didn't forget how to preach before the Lord. May have been surrounded for a season by those that have, but that man has not. Uzzah gets split in half. And David knows, I should not, why not just turn the card around and go back to Abimadad? Oh, come on. Yeah, why not? Why not? He's had it for 22 years. He obviously knows how to just let it be there and nobody dies. But I think the point was, I already lost one nephew. My brother lost a son. We understand that he was willing, his name, willing, he was willing to have it. But now that we've taken it, will he still be willing knowing he's lost a son? Wow. <clears throat> <clears throat> so David, it says, takes it uphill to the side and drops it off at Obed's house. And the thing about Obed was, is he was ready. All of the first sect of the Levitical priest had forgotten how to priest before the Lord. Obed was a part of the second sect and he had not forgotten how to priest before the Lord. You see, all of those that were esteemed in a certain way, they had forgotten. But one that everybody walked on by had not forgotten. And his name meant <laughs> servant of the blood. So I just, I just want to paint a picture, and I, and I can't pull it out of Scripture, but I just want to paint a picture. The moment that the ark shows up at Elbed's house, people begin to gather. His family begin to gather. And they begin to come from everywhere. We've got the ark. We've got the presence. And they begin to sing and they begin to worship and they begin to dance. I'll prove it in just a second. But Obed knew exactly what to do. Because in the midst of it all, now that the presence is here, we're going to do what was meant for it and poured blood. There are many scholars who believe that Obed poured blood over the mercy seat. What's the proof of it? Three months. It only took three months of a man named the servant of the blood to have the presence of Yahweh in his house for everything around him to be so blessed that the king, the ruling dude, the most wealthy man in the known earth at the time to take notice of it. And when that man took notice of it after just three months... I, f I know that the next three months is going to cause not just this household to begin to explode in all that Yahweh has, but it means that your household is going to explode in everything that Yahweh has. You're not even ready for it. And that makes it perfect because this man has not forgotten how to priest before the Lord. 
And he's already got sons and daughters who play instruments. So did Obed. Wow. Oh, the story's not over. We're not done. We're not done. Because whatever you see right now around you is small in comparison to what you're going to inherit. Yeah, see, the story of Obed goes even further than all of this. You want to hear a little bit more? What is it? What's so funny? What? Okay, I'm spitting everywhere. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, my booty isn't fitting right. I don't feel like I fit anywhere right now. My, the tuning fork of my spirit. I just pray that I actually bring this message the way the Holy Spirit wants me to. I just pray that this begins to light the light inside of you. Love, loving love, loving love. This is the moment that your pops just said, you're going to dream dreams again. And this is the moment that you dream dreams. The next three months is going to be an explosion of not just the presence of Yahweh, but everything that you touch. We have made Obed just a stopping point in the story, and Obed did not stop. Obed did not stop. We just don't know the rest of his story. Obed Edom was a man from the tribe of Levi. We first read about Obed Edom in 2 Samuel. Y'all just bear with me, I'm going to read. Okay? Read about Obed-Edom in 2 Samuel verses 6-10 when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem for a more permanent resting place. The Ark had been in the home of Abimadad and his son Eleazar Uzzah in Ohio for many years since being captured by the Philistines and returned to Israel. That's 1 Samuel chapter 5 verse 1 and chapter 7 verses 1 through 2. David and 30,000 men arrived at Abimadad's house to escort the Ark to Jerusalem. It was not a small group. The problem began when they placed the ark on a cart drawn by oxen instead of transporting it on the shoulders of Levites as God had instructed in Numbers chapter 7 verse, uh, chapter 7 verse 9. It may have been that in the excitement David forgot the instruction about its transport. But whatever the reason, Uzo, Ohio, and David's men were joyfully transporting the ark of the covenant to Jerusalem on a cart when the oxen stumbled. Fearing the ark was about to slide off, Uzzah reached out to steady it. When his hand touched the ark, the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of its irreverent, because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. 
We just read about that. That was uh, chapter 6, verse 7. While this punishment may seem extreme to us, the Israelites had been warned for centuries that the Ark of the Covenant was holy to the Lord. Only Levites could carry it. Only high priests could minister before the Lord. And no one was to look inside of it. You can find this in Exodus chapter 40, Numbers, and 1 Samuel. David was angry over this incident and became afraid of the Lord, refusing to take the ark to Jerusalem instead himself. Instead of completing the journey to Jerusalem with the ark, David placed the ark in the home of a man named Obed-Edom the Gittite and remained there for three months. We just read about it. During the three months that the ark was in the possession of Obed, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Second, That's 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. We can infer that this... That this, we, can, we can infer from this that Obed-Edom was a God-fearing man and showed proper reverence for the ark. Unlike Uzzah, who, who may have become overly familiar with it while it remained in his father's house for 20 more years. Despite knowing about Uzzah's fate, Obed-Edom welcomed the ark and seemed to have no misgivings. Indeed, as a godly man, Obed had nothing to fear, for the righteous are as bold as a lion. Proverbs 28.1 It could be that he viewed having the ark in his home as a high honor rather than a nuisance, and God rewarded his attitude. When King David saw that God had blessed rather than cursed Obed-Edom, his fear of transporting the ark dispatched, and he went once again to retrieve the ark. That's 1 Chronicles 15.25. This time he did according to God's law and brought Levites to carry the ark on their shoulders. He also showed utmost respect for the ark. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. 2 Samuel 6.13. One of the ways God blessed Obed-Edom was in giving him many sons. Eight to be exact. 1 Chronicles 26.4-6 lists them and their sons along with their fathers as gatekeepers at God's temple. That's right. Yes, that's right. Hello, Northgate. Hello, having a mother and a father that has not forgotten how to priest before the Lord. Obed Edom named each of his sons in honor of God's blessing. On his household. For example, he named one of his sons Jehoshabad, the Lord has given, and another Issachar reward. Obed Edom had 62 strong male heirs, and it appears that all were faithful to the Lord. Although his was a minor role in Scripture, Obed Edom is an example to us that God is fully aware of those whose hearts are wholly his. And he delights to bless those who properly honor him. 
This house is a house of honor. Here is the wonderful rest of the story about Obed, and then I want to speak to the north gate. But here's the wonderful story of Obed. In three months, King David had to take notice of how Yahweh had blessed him. But I want you to know something about Obed. When David left with the ark, so did Obed. He followed the ark all the way to Jerusalem and his descendants and direct sons became gatekeepers to the holy place. See, being blessed and having all of those things was great and wonderful. But what Obed desired was to be in the presence of Yahweh. And he honored the presence of Yahweh. And it said of him that he had sons that David said, You will priest and worship before the Lord day and night and night and day. You will worship before the Lord. One of his sons just so happened to be named Ethan, who played a lair all the time, 24-7, would just sleep and live there. Now, I understand that Obed didn't live in Jerusalem. What we now can say is Zion. And I'm here to tell you that this man is establishing a Zion inside of you that you are coming to the revelation of. And now that the presence of Yahweh is here, the house already has honor. So you better get ready. Your children are going to priest before the Lord. Your children are going to play instruments in the house of the Lord day and night, night and day. You're not going to have to ask them to. They're just going to want to. Because this isn't a man of willingness. He's a servant of the blood. He knows how to properly honor and steward the presence of Yahweh. He knows how to honor it in such a place that the presence is so inside of you that when all of you gather here, it has no choice but to be an explosion for the rest of the community. And so I just echo your word to me right now. 40 miles is not enough. I understand 40 miles. I don't know if it was a prophetic word or what it is, but I just came to say 40 miles is not enough. The calling on this entire family because of who is not just leading, but at the middle of it, 40 miles is not enough. The moment that I heard 40 miles, I heard 40 sons. One son every mile. And this man's called, and this mama's called to a lot more than just that. Those that actually ended up being with Obed Edom was a great amount. They actually later became gatekeepers, and it was a part of where the Zadok 
priesthood. I don't want to go too far, but it also is a part of where the Zadok priesthood came from, which is the priesthood of righteousness. Because there was a forgotten priesthood, but a second sect of the priesthood knew what to do with the presence that got it to its final resting place that put priests of righteousness before the Lord. Mighty God and apostles teaching us about beloved identity and righteousness. And you're the righteousness of the Lord. And I believe that a priesthood is being grown up in all of these, all of the sons' houses of apostles. I believe sons and daughters are being risen up and more sons are on their way. They're not all here yet. Because 40 miles isn't enough if it's one son every, every mile. And if there's 40 sons that I instantly heard, I know well what this family's going to do. It is a voice in a region. It is an entire region. What you have inside of you is too big for just 40 miles. But first in Jerusalem. But first in Zion. But first in this place. And then it's going to spread like wildfire. All of your inheritances are to be right smack dab in the middle of the presence of Yahweh. And because of how you have postured your hearts in a place of honor, things are going to become so easy. Yes, I'm talking about finances. Yes, I'm talking about businesses. Yes, I'm talking about land. I'm talking about pasture land. I'm talking about cattle. I'm talking about the whole thing. I'm talking about the whole thing. And it's not going to be because, what my brother said, because of a try harder spirit, it's going to be because you know how to rightfully honor the presence of Yahweh and give Him everything that you had every, yes, th- every yes, single time yes, that you come. Yes, it's so simple. Yes. Obed made it so simple. Properly honor it. Properly honor it. This house has been properly honoring it. A king took notice of how Obed had been blessed by Yahweh. And I'm here to tell you that a king has taken notice of how the two of you have rightfully honored. And the king now foots the bill for your whole family to worship before the Lord. See, Obed left it all behind, and King David paid for everybody that came with him. Well into the 600s of people. And he footed the bill for all of them. I said the king footed the bill for all of them. You have a king that's going to foot the bill for all of you. It's just a matter of dreaming again that's going to unlock some things, and all of a sudden, This is hitting the hearts of some people. If this is really beginning to hit your heart, just get down here and quit listening to me and listen to the king. Just get down here. Take your watch off and just go ahead and just come on down here. If you feel this in your spirit, just go ahead and get down here. If you've been throwing some seed and weren't even real sure what the seed was all about, just go ahead and get down here. Just go ahead and get down here. 
Don't wait on me. The Holy Spirit's already beckoning. There's people that, that still sat on your couch when a father was telling you to come home and you still remained and now you want to get here. <clears throat> if I'll stand on a rock in the middle of a park in Sao Paulo, Brazil and just yell, Come! Nothing changes when I come to Streetsboro. That's right. I'm just in your Jerusalem now. I'm telling you, this house has appropriately honored. Don't just be willing. Your story will not be remembered if you're just willing. You're being taught how to priest before the Lord. Recognize Him in everything that you do. Being made servants of the blood. The blood of the Lamb, remember? The one that was found worthy to take the scroll out of the right hand of the one that was seated on the throne that had the seven seals and the writing on the inside and the writing of the out. Everything that you think is an inadequacy about you, just go ahead and take it across the blood and watch it not follow. I don't know how many times I need to say this is a house of honor. 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 You know how to honor. Yahweh is turning his head for the next three months to cause an explosion over you. So get ready for what proceeds out of this man's mouth to his family because he's showing you, here it is, it's on its way. Here it is, it's on its way. Because what's interesting about the story is almost Obed begins to kind of go over here and you hear the rest of his descendants and what they begin to inherit. I'm not going to name their names, but they're in there. You see a, a mother and a father that are saying, we're taking you to a place so that you receive the inheritances now. Can you feel it? There's a reason why they honor the way that they honor. There's a reason. And many of your inheritance are attached to their honor. And so in turn, you've begun to honor and just watch. Watch these next three months as things begin to bloom and begin to blossom. Yes, sir. Watch in these next three months as things begin to absolutely explode. Watch what happens when the north gate takes the fast that Yahweh desires. You were handed blueprints and the destination at the same time. That's not very common. <laughs> you were handed blueprints and final destination at the same time. Usually you get some blueprints and you don't quite understand. And, and then all of a sudden it's going to be here. But the final destination is you in the presence of Yahweh perpetually. That means when you're turning wrenches. That means when you're mowing the grass. That means when you're folding laundry. That means when you're with the kids at the high school, all of a sudden they fall out under the power of, the, of Yahweh because you're priesting before the Lord.
You might be asleep, but your spirit doesn't stop priesting before the Lord. And so all of a sudden you just walk into a place called the music room and they begin to pick up instruments and you don't hear them playing a song or a melody or reading sheet music. You hear worship before Yahweh. And all of a sudden something in their subconscious level begins to shift. You're about to change your work environments. You're about to change your places of employment You are about to be self-employed and your businesses are about to be structured about the kingdom more so than about anything else. And as that begins to happen and as that begins to take place, you're going to begin to see everything around you expand uncontrollably. And the thing, the, the awesome thing about it is it took three months for the king to see it But I'm here to make an announcement that the king already sees it and has already written it about you and you're just about to walk into the fullness of it. You're going to begin to open the door for people to come in and they're going to get struck with the presence of the Lord. You're going to begin to vacuum the floors. Where are you? Let me find you. Let me, let me figure out who, who, who did I see vacuuming after prayer today? Who, who is pushing the vacuum around? There you are. You're about to be vacuuming these floors and end up on the floor. Because you're honoring the house of Yahweh. And you're about to find yourself in that place realizing you're serving in the temple of Yahweh and what an honor it is and you're just going to explode inside. So somebody just pick up the vacuum and finish it. I dare you. Because you'll probably get it too. And then you'll get it, and then you'll get it, and then somebody will begin to notice, and then people walk through the door, and they're getting smacked down by the Holy Ghost, and then you're bringing waters and setting them in front of the guest speakers that they bring, and, and the, this, this awesome revival just begins to break out. And then all of a sudden, all these people just start flooding in, and you're ready because for the first time, they are going to be presented with a whole family. A family, let me say it like this. I don't mean all of you. I mean all of you being whole. Whole. Not fragmented, not brokenhearted, not concerned about this, not concerned about that. You're being made, and, all, and many have already been made whole. I don't know if this helped. Did this help? I had no idea how I would be able to deliver all three messages, but they all got delivered. I had no idea how I was going to bring the fast that Yahweh desired. I had no idea how I was going to bring James chapter 1 verse 1. I had no idea how I was going to bring this, but God... So good. You've created an elevated place of intimate devotion. 
You have created an elevated place of intimate devotion. It's what you've done. And so now everybody else's insecurities, you have a place to take it to. And everybody that comes in here with spiritual amnesia and the storm that brought them the amnesia, you have a place and a bed to lay them on. It's called intimate devotion before Yahweh. You have built a house that has an elevated place of intimate devotion. It's what I feel while I'm here. I don't feel like I walked in on flat floor. I feel like I walked up through the door. It's a place of elevated, intimate devotion before the Lord. (laughs) Even dead babies can be laid on your place of intimate devotion and breath will be restored. It's just who you are. It's what's been cultivated. It's the place of honor that builds the elevated place of intimate devotion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to make sure I'm clear. I feel pretty clear. I can't sing for a flip, but I sure do hear a song. I love you, Lord. And I telling you he does he does I'm telling you it is I'm telling you the north gate has created that place I'm telling you the north gate has created that place it is a sweet sound to his ears. I can, I hear you singing it and I hear him echoing. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is how your worshiping eyes. Here you go. He wanted some of that. Oh, how your worshiping eyes. How they fillet my heart open. Your worshiping eyes are like sweet perfume praises unto me. It's like my finest wine, the most exquisite. It's like burning incense before me day and night. When I look at you and see your worshiping eyes, with one flash of your eyes, I am undone. My bride, my equal. Your sweet perfume praises, how exquisite, how exotic. They leave me breathless. They leave me undone. 
I respond back to you. Yes, it is a sweet sound unto my ears. I am captivated by the perfumed praises of your lips. I'm captivated by the gaze of your eyes. You have peeled my chest open like peeling the bark off of a tree and removed my heart and laid it on a stump. I am bare and undone by you. My equal, my bride. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. How do you spell that light? How do you spell it? How do you spell it? How do you spell light? Which one is he talking about? You're going to shine. 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 Can I ask really quick the legacy students here a question? If you're a legacy student, raise your hand for me. Can Can I ask you guys a quick question? Just real quick, don't overthink what I'm saying. There's no wrong answer, okay? When I say wilderness, what do you see? Real quick. Trees, woods. Hold on. Let me ask an older generation. When I say wilderness, what do you see? The desert. It's already shifted. I knew the answer to that question. I knew exactly how these kids would answer it. Because I see mothers and fathers that understood for a while we were in the wilderness and it was a dry, arid place. But let what legacy has just announced that you're no longer in a wilderness and a dry, arid place. Because when they look around, they see green trees full of fruit. You have become an oasis of the Lord, thus they grow up in the oasis. We win, we win. We stick and win, man. Nothing can stop us now. You have allowed your roots to go down with the acacia and the myrtle. And I've made an oasis that legacy is growing up in. How about that? I hope you don't sleep tonight because of what I just said. Just sit there and just think about it for a little while. When I saw the wilderness, I saw a dry, arid land. But when our legacy, when I say, tell me what the wilderness looks like, they say trees, forests, mountains, fresh water, green trees. Are you stinking kidding me? You did not pass on to the legacy of this house, your desert land. You passed on to them the promised land. 
which is why we're no longer a wilderness society. We are under the oaks. Welcome to the oaks. Because two nuts decided to just stand their ground and become oaks of righteousness planted by a brook called bliss. Isn't that so true? Now I'm having fun. Shonda Laboke. That was for the Southgate. Shonda Laboke right now up in this place. They know. They know. You see what that just did to your spirit? Do you see what that just did? Do you see what that just did to you? Listen to me. You did it. Mom and dads, you did it. You might not have thought you did it. You may not have even realized that you did it. But when I hear the echo of legacy of this house, their announcement is that you did it. (laughs) Now what grows? All the fruit. All the fruit. All the fruit. No fruitless branches in a place called Oasis. No fruitless branches in a place called Oasis because you've already gone through the point of the fruitless branches being propped up next to the one. You've already gone through it, mom and dad. Now enjoy watching legacy walk in full permission. It's how I can, it's, it's literally how I could say I could take all of them to what the rest of the world knows as the birthplace of voodoo and tell you they will return completely without any scratch. (laughs) Please hear what I'm saying. See, I can take all of them there because their password will be a smile. We're just here with Uncle Jason. We're just here with Papa Jimmy. We're in this place that's, I don't know why, but people call it the birthplace of voodoo. They're going to see it as the birthplace of sons and daughters. They're going to see it as the birthplace of hope. And they're not going to tell them they're a dark continent, nor will they fear hugging the witch doctor. The voodoo high priest, they will not fear giving him a hug. Those are the dudes that give us permission to preach in their villages so we can plant a church. Think about going up to a voodoo high priest and being like, hey man, I want to play a movie about how bad voodoo is and then preach Jesus and claim it for the territory and kingdom of God. And him going, okay. (laughs) So what happens when the bright-eyed ones show up? He's like, man, that sounds good. 
I knew that the legacy of this household would answer that question that way. You want to know why I can say that? Because the legacy of the Southgate answered it exactly the same way. That's right. The legacy of the North Gate and the legacy of the South Gate answered my question exactly the same way. We win. We win. We win because of you guys. We win because of you guys. I already have sons and daughters worshiping in the presence of Yahweh, already walking in the fullness of inheritance. Let me just pray over you and then I'll just turn it back. I'll just turn it over. I threw my watch off so I don't have time. But all of you have a watch and don't have any time. That's crazy. Put a watch on your wrist and you don't have any time. Throw the watch away and you've got all the time. It's a true statement. <laughs> Maybe we need to adapt Africa time. We'll start at 11-ish. When we show up for a service, they've already been going for two hours. Yeah, true. And then they go for another three or four or ten. <clears throat> I pray that the Lord would bless you. Let me say this. I had no idea. But the Holy Spirit, I've never announced this before. And I have a lot of firsts this weekend that many of you don't know about. So I'll tell you about two. Who counted the offering last night? You counted the offering last night? You had no idea what to do with it, did you? Didn't even know what it was. I want to. I want to tell you. I want to tell you. <clears throat> as a father of the houses of the Hope Gate in Benin, they sowed into you last night. Twenty thousand sifa. That's way more than a month's. Wow. That's way more. Like when I do the math, knowing their. That's three months. So I was highly intentional about making sure that the nation sow seed into this house. And I'm not saying this to boast. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm saying it to encourage you because the nations are attracted to the sunrise glory of your brand new day. And now... From their storehouse, they're sowing into your storehouse from other nations. <laughs> so just do with it whatever you need to, but it's gonna, it'll multiply in there. That's a funny thing about that currency. The other, the other thing, is, what was it? Well, I don't, y'all don't even know. So the Holy Spirit told me that every time I got done teaching or preaching, or whatever I just did. I don't even know what I just did. To speak this over everybody, no matter where I am. And I had a spiritual son that came to me, Derek, that came to me, and he said, 
You know, what you're doing just got found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it was done by the original priesthood. After they would preach the word, they would say what you're saying. And here we are on this journey of the forgotten priesthood being restored. So I just say it. I pray that the Lord would bless you, and I pray that he would keep you, and I pray that his light and that his countenance, that they would shine upon you, and that his word would be a lamp unto your narrow path. Keep burning, Northgate. Keep burning. Until I see all of you again, you are loved far more than you could ever comprehend. Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.